1: Bakers, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello, and welcome to a special episode with myself, Jason Zook. I'm pleased to have Megan Sage on the episode with us tonight to discuss a very important topic that is very dear to me, cases involving missing people. Megan has been involved in this topic for a very long time, and I'm very pleased to have her on the show. Hello, Megan.
0: Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for uh, agreeing to be on this episode and I definitely appreciate it. Megan, can you just share a little with the audience regarding your background as to the topic of missing people and your, uh, your deep interest in wanting to obtain any information possible to help raise awareness of this topic and working with you know, law enforcement or anyone if possible to just help find and locate missing people?
0: Yes, of course. Um I have been personally touched by this type of case. Um I was married to someone when I was in my earlier 20s and he had a daughter that went missing and it was very hard to go through, very trying and it gave me a lot of insight of, you know, how to be on both sides of the fence in missing people cases and I basically couldn't concentrated my job. I completely occupied my time and my heart, my mind, everything. And I just searched and searched and searched until she was eventually found. So that definitely drew me close to people in these situations. And, you know, I was always, I never stopped following the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children since I was such a close part of it when she was missing. So I've always been drawn to these type of cases and always, you know, just praying and wishing and doing whatever I can to you know, try to help and bring these, these missing people home, especially children. In addition, I don't, I've never told you this before, but my cousin, he was almost abducted when we were in high school. And there was this man who was, there was children being like, I, I was young, so I was sheltered from a lot of the news, but it was basically like either someone, a child's body was found or someone was trying to abduct kid abduct kids in, in Tampa. And all I know is, Again, I was sheltered, but my parents were telling me to, like, look out for people not to talk to strangers and so on and so forth. So my cousin was walking to her school in Tampa, and a man had approached her, and she asked her if she needed a ride, and she said, no, I don't need a ride. And he came back the next day, same thing, and she started to get creeped out. And then the third day, she saw his van parked ahead of her a few blocks up, and she started walking fast. When she got close to the van she felt someone come up from behind her. He grabbed her from behind, picked her up, and she was able to break free. She ran across the street to a house, knocked on the door, was able to get inside, call the police, call her parents. Lo and behold, later on, this man was found, and she actually identified him in a lineup, and he was sent to prison. You know, it's so weird. that this, It literally just came back to me today, like when we were when I was preparing to come on your show, and I'll have to look more into that case, but that, like, I was thinking about, you know, how, how this has affected me. And even when I was a child, someone close to me was almost abducted. So, yes, I am very passionate about missing person cases and not just them coming home, but, you know, their family having that closure as well.
1: I would tell you that from my personal perspective, and I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. From my personal perspective, I, I believe most of us have grown up watching shows involving Adam Walsh, oh, yeah. Unsolved Mysteries. And just these various other, you know, these other shows that are within our culture, where we are very mindful of the nightmare any parent would face if their child ever went missing, or if a loved one or family member ever had to get those news, the news of someone going missing and and not knowing what if anything might have happened, thinking the worst immediately because your heart goes in your throat and you're just terrified to think that something like that could actually occur. Yet, in our country, I think the statistic from what i recall just you know don't hold me to exact number but i believe like 4000 people go missing a day and when you think wow. of those kind of statistics 4000 families and loved ones are suffering it makes me very passionate to want to do anything we can to raise the awareness of this issue because if more would be done up front when someone goes missing if it was taken seriously and if more was approached from our societal viewpoint to help address this issue, potentially you could resolve a lot of these types of situations up front. And I I guess it's great, you know, we do have Amber Alerts now, and everybody has a smartphone. Those type of things are definitely advances in our society. But I think more importantly than that, if we were to have an open mind and, and utilize everything that's at our means, including the use of psychics, intuitives, just being able to keep an open mind and, and, and look at things from all perspectives possible to uh, approach these situations, that might be something that would be very valuable. I know from personal experience in terms of the readings that I've had over the years, I have had several people who during a reading is asked about a loved one that went missing and it, it definitely hit home to me and it made me realize that all the stories you hear about in the media and all the sensationalism that exists there are real people involved in these situations. Real lives are ruined and destroyed for those who go missing. And I know how passionate you are about it. And that's why I was excited to invite you on the show because I feel very strongly that you going to have a very strong future in this particular topic. It's my goal. If we can, you know, help mm-hmm. bring this information to the general public, at least from our vantage point. I mean, we're novices. We're not, we're not holding ourselves out there as if we're, trained law enforcement, or some type of experts, you know, you and I are both members of the general public. Yeah, we're members of the general public. And any information that we come up with, I look at it as just an investigative tool. It's not something that's supposed to take the place of sound investigative techniques. As long as we approach it from that perspective, I feel like there's there's nothing wrong with us as citizens wanting to have an interest in, in really trying to address these kind of issues my you know my approach with this is anything that we come up with if there's if there's even someone thinking about it contemplating about it and somehow some information is derived as a result of it that might help a family member or a law enforcement official reach some type of one step closer to resolving something or just finding out an additional step or hunch then that to me a success I believe in small wins
0: Yes, I completely Megan agree. And,
1: I are, and just for the just for the record, Megan and I are very close friends. We know each other several years, and this is something that we do privately with one another, where we've discussed missing <laughs> cases for a couple of years already. And this is the first time we decided to actually share this on, and uh, you know, on an on an actual broadcast.
0: I was just going to say that you know, if we can put this out hit, out there, we can go through. I was thinking we could go through some, you know. No cold cases see what information that you pick up that I pick up that we feel that we get and then from there maybe something will click like we said maybe something will click maybe you know that piece of information that name will get you'll get a name or something anything that can help and even just jog people's memories or bring the case you know light to the case again you know things that people have been missing for years upon years people aren't talking about them anymore even if we just create some, you know, some kind of outlet for their case to be heard again, for people to talk about it again, for just to see what could come out of it because the only good could really come out of it at this point.
1: Absolutely. And I agree with you. With reference to what we want to accomplish on this platform, Megan, I think one of the things we want to do is get into specifics in a few minutes. Statistically, The first 12 to 24 hours someone goes missing is probably the most vital. That's, you know, something worth mentioning. And and a lot of these cases that Mm -hmm. we might touch on are probably from people who've been missing for a very significant period of time. I -hmm. hope and welcome in the future to potentially make this a regular part of our show to do one, maybe even once a week, if we can. Megan, in terms of what you're looking at, what would be your goal? that you hope we can accomplish as a result of these type of episodes?
0: Well, you know, like I said, I just would love to, well, definitely if there's a missing person case that we know about within 24 to 48 hours, like get a show up as soon as possible, see what you can come up with, what we can get, see if we can help any way to bring that person home as soon and as safely as possible. Two, cases that have grown old or a few years to 20 years plus old, I think it's really good to bring them, like I said, bring them back to the light. Like, Shed some light on these cases. Connect with them if they've crossed over. If they're not here with us anymore, let's make that connection. Let's try to make that connection because maybe that someone related to that person or a person who knows someone related to that person might reach out and call you and get that closure they need. One, two. We might be able to help bring people back, bring people home, get some closure. There's just so much that I feel that like positivity that we could bring to these these terrible situations that just have loose ends. And I'm just hoping that you know together we can help tie up some loose ends and put the information out there. And it's there if you know someone if someone can um, put the pieces together and you know so on and so forth.
1: Absolutely. Do you have uh, anyone in mind that you want to start with? And just in terms of our format, let's go over that for a second so our listeners can understand how we're going to do this. Megan, you've researched. I guess you've researched some people that you might, some cases that you might find are worth noting at this point. We have not previously this thing before going on the air. And I'm going to basically discuss with you if I pick up anything, or you might pick up stuff as well because you're intuitive as well, regarding anything from these cases. Is that correct?
0: Yes. And before I started, I actually looked up some cases that we have never talked about. I know we've talked about a few missing person cases before, which I would love to bring those on the air you know, eventually. But today I I thought it would be good to do something fresh, a case you've never heard of. And, you know, I'll have a little bit of information on my end and we can confirm and see if, you know, where you're going with it and see what more we can get. So the first person I have is Tara Calico and she was missing out of New
1: Mexico. I guess we'll just do this the way we do them normally
0: (laughs) when (laughs) we're in our private
1: discussions. That's right. I feel like there's a connection to the local desert of the community of where she lives regarding her disappearance. Okay. One of the things I feel like if anything that I can pick up on, I see there's a gas station Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's a road near the gas station that leads into the desert. Almost like the gas station is one of the last places before going into the desert. It's on the outskirts of the town of where she was last seen. Mm Mm-hmm that she had a, a friend that she spoke to before she disappeared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and this is, She's been missing for some time, is that correct?
0: Yeah, since uh, 1988. Okay. So, you're, I feel like that's, you know, obviously pretty on point. She's from New Mexico, so there would definitely be lots of dry areas and deserts near there. What we do know is that she was last seen riding her bike and that there was a photo found in Florida of two children gagged, and her mother thinks that the girl in the photo is her. There was a little boy and a little girl on a bed with tape over their mouth, their hands tied, and it was just a random photo found in a convenience store parking lot in Florida.
1: She has a birthmark that identifies her.
0: <gasps> oh my gosh.
1: You I'm just gave me chills. I
0: didn't tell you that part yet. Oh my gosh. Yes, I didn't no, tell you that's, that part yet. I'm Keep getting going. birthmark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm it's just telling scar. you i picked
1: up the she, birthmark. Okay, yeah, well, I'm just telling you i picked up a birthmark a on her. her leg. Yeah. Okay. Was it a birthmark or a scar?
0: It's a scar and that's how I was that was the next part. That's the other hint we have is her mom identified her in the photo because on her leg there's a scar and she recognizes that it's her daughter's scar.
1: Okay. Well, I was picking up birthmarks, so they're not exactly the same, but it's a, it's at least one thing I'm picking up on there.
0: Right. We know how intuition is. Sometimes they, it's a game of charades, so.
1: <laughs> correct. They conducted several searches for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm being told that she was not anywhere in the vicinity of where they were looking for her at the time. Oh, man. I feel like there might have been two people involved in the situation that assisted with her disappearance.
0: Okay. Two men. Do you feel like the photo was her?
1: I'm not picking up anything about the photo yet. I'm just—if I'm picking up anything right now, I'm just picking up details involving her disappearance. Okay. I think they might be of Mexican descent, partially. Mhm. And she knew one of the men. Wow. Okay. That's good because that's a huge clue. Well, because that would be why she was able to trust one of them. I feel like you he lured her. And I think that she, she was not thinking anything that ne- negative would happen to her at all. Mm-hmm. Almost. I'm not sure if they told her that they had an injured animal either with them pretending the animals injured, or I feel like it, it may have involved a dog. I think she had a hard time thinking that this was going to be a bad situation for herself. Right. I feel like they took her to Texas, Texas. Okay. So
0: Did she it could be someone that her parents knew. Part of the one thing I got was uh, Bellin. I just looked it up, and she's from Bellin. And I will just look it up on the map real quick. Sure. See how close Bellin is to Albuquerque, because I'm not really familiar with New Mexico. So Bellin. And, oh, my goodness. Yes. It's basically like Brandon to Tampa. It's just outside. Okay,
1: so it's a suburb. And just for our listeners who aren't in the Tampa area, Brandon's uh, an actual – suburb of Tampa, which is approximately 15 minutes outside of Tampa. That's what I think. I'm picking up information regarding that. It it was a suburb and and that they wound up taking her over to Texas. Yep.
0: So Belen, so maybe her parents or someone, because if if someone close to her, either a friend or family, knows someone of Mexican Mexican descent that she was familiar with who has ties to Belen, Hopefully, maybe they can use that information. So that seems well,
1: like I think part. Well, this has been a cold case for some time, is what you're saying. Yes. It was 1988. That's a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's
0: been 30 years. So, like you got some very good and some helpful information from that.
1: I wish I could get um, more. I'm just trying to see what else to get. I don't know if you like Pac Man. I know it's kind of weird to say that, but that's like a game that your generation may have liked. the right age that was like our our generation it's hard for me to tell you if she passed yet or not and that's not what i'm picking up as of yet
0: wow that's good because normally i mean not normally but a
1: lot of the times we'll kind of have that
0: we'll know so that's it's promising
1: almost (sighs) i feel she may have bonded with her captors wow with with one of these men Mm mm-hmm and not that she didn't miss her family. Of course, she did. But I think there was something that she's afraid. They threatened her that if she ever tried to escape, that they would they would cause harm to her family. And she was terrified of her family being harmed. Uh-huh. It's like she's in a. If anything, that and that's just one thing I'm, I'm picking up.
0: Yeah, and that happens. That has happened, you know, with other people. It's been documented. Well, I have. I think that's all uh, picking up right now for her. Okay, why well, I have um. Some other people, you know, lined up here that I would like to see what, what we could, what we could get. Okay. Now, this person, her name is Alyssa Lamb, L-A-M. Yeah. There's not a lot of information on her disappearance. There's just a, you know, one last video of her
1: is what they have. Was it a surveillance video of her? Yes. Surveillance. It's like there's a surveillance tape that has her disappeared. Mm-hmm. Or not disappeared, last seen on a surveillance tape. Is it like walking through a parking lot?
0: She is walking into an elevator. Okay. It's like, but it is that kind of angle, like at a corner angle, you know, like a surveillance camera, a corner angle. And she was it was security footage of her in the hallways and elevators that show her uh, you know, there's probably more videos. You're probably picking up another video too. There's there's multiple videos of her. The one that I'm looking at is of the elevator
1: view. So the one I is got the, something three M. 3 I don't know M. what that means. I'm getting three three M. The number three and the letter M. And I'm not sure exactly what that entails, but that's something I'm picking up on. Okay. How many years has she been missing? You know, it doesn't. Strangely enough, it doesn't say on. You know, I could find out, obviously. Something but. in something involving her disappearance is relating to an area that had a very smoky, either a smoky room or something with a lot of smoke involved. I'm not sure that what I'm, I'm just picking up something regarding the environment of where she was, either had a lot of smokers in it, or there was something involving a smoke as one Mm -hmm. of her impressions with this. Okay. It's
0: kind of a very interesting case from what I'm, from what I've read. It's, it's, she was in LA, she was renting a hotel. She was, like, staying in a hotel.
1: Okay. Was and she like, a complained about.
0: I don't have that information. I'll probably find out, but I'm sure we can look that up after. I, feel
1: like, she, I feel like she was working either tables or doing something in, in, like, some type. I don't know if she had any connection to, like, casino in the in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do a follow-up show, definitely, and I'll find out a lot of this information.
1: I'm just curious. I know we're kind of just yeah. starting this.
0: Yeah, just winging
1: it. But and keep in mind, I was gonna say, keep in mind, all the any anything we glean from this, we're hoping can possibly shed light on it, even if it's one small detail. If if the other details aren't relevant, if there's one detail out of this that we can find that comes out of this from my vantage point, point, then that's a value for us. Definitely, I agree. Um, let me give you a little bit more and see if you could pick up
0: anything else. Okay. She complained about the water at the hotel. Then she was found in the water tank at the top of the building. And on the video footage, it shows her acting strange. So they're trying to find yeah, out. if Her body do was do found you think in it's the water play. Yes. Do you think yeah, it was style so play? Her body was found there. Yes. Okay. Her body was found in the water tank after she complained about the taste of the water. So did someone get mad at her for, you know, saying, complaining about the water, murder her that worked there or was there or did, did was she on drugs and did she, you know, fall into the, the tank? I mean, this is the, those are the things that people are, are asking. This is like the theories out there, but obviously we don't know. I mean, what do you feel? Do you feel like there was foul play? I'm getting
1: that it was an accident.
0: An accident. When okay. you mentioned
1: water That's- tank, I got the word accident.
0: I got. I kind of figured that too. They said she was acting, you know, strange. She's found the water cooler, and you know, but it's interesting that she complained about the water prior to the accident.
1: I'm getting accident involving her her situation. There no. isn't any video footage of the area where she actually was found either. I don't think.
0: No, just in the hallways and the elevator.
1: Okay, I got the work. Smoke again. <laughs> I don't know why I keep getting the word smoke around her, smoked. but there's something maybe involved. She, smoked.
0: In she probably smoked something. If she was acting altered, you know.
1: It'd be hard for me to draw that hard. conclusion without, yeah. I, I, I'm i not getting that she was on a substance per se, mm-hmm. but I'm getting that she, I get disorientation. So she was disoriented. Mm-hmm. Could it be possible that there were fumes or something from where she was and it made her sick and somehow she fell? Did she fall into the water tank?
0: Yeah, that's what I believe. I mean, they found her in there, but they don't have the actual video of her, how she got into okay. the tank.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm just...
0: That is really interesting. I mean, it was just kind of a a, a different case, too, so that's interesting what she got. Of course, I'm looking up, there's, I'm looking up few other people. You know that I um do you know, try to help these people, try to look up as many of these cases we can and get whatever information we can and maybe create catalogue of missing people's cases that we can build information into and double check facts. And, you know, if you're picking up stuff, I can go back and look it up. Like we did today, finding out that Ellen, you know, is close to Albuquerque, New Mexico and things like this that are kind of fitting together.
1: So um, I think. I feel like she may have had her shoes off too when they found her body. I'm not sure if okay. her shoes were taken off first. Okay. But her shoes are nearby. Another detail I thought okay. i can get Okay. So maybe
0: if a family member listening, you know, a family member of hers is listening to the show, they can call in, you know, and get more information um,
1: and I, see what we can. I will get. say two things. Yeah. Two things with this, I'm always extremely sensitive to any family members or anyone that's, uh, grieving or anything like that. I, I we w- we have not been contacted by any family members regarding these two cases. We're just literally seeing if there's anything we can pick up, uh, regarding this information. And once again, this is not anything that we feel we're not soliciting family members for their information. We're just literally just putting out there. If we pick up anything on a publicly known case for someone who's missing, that's how I'm treating this. Definitely. I
0: feel like a lot of the messages or the, the things that you're picking up, though, are kind of more things to confirm. Like, yes, it's me, you know, am that the missing shoes, like things like, yes, it's me. I'm here. You know?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because that's an actual that's detail that like only the police would know.
1: That's true, especially if it's been a while since she's been missing. I'm sure they don't have as much in terms of information right now compared to someone who's a recently missing person that they're currently investigating. And it's only been a few days. Right. What else uh, do you have in terms of any other missing people?
0: I have Rico Harris. He's a male missing person. He, um, The former Harlem Globetrotter.
1: Oh, wow. I still so love the Hong Kong Trotters. So, I'm dating my time, of course.
0: Right. well, I, I still do. Absolutely. So, I've actually heard of his case before. I
1: don't. I've not heard anything about his case. I'm just seeing what I pick up, if anything. I think he disappeared uh, near a body of water. Yes, he. Yes. I got him disappeared near a body of water. Did he drown? Because I feel like his lungs were. I had a near death episode when I was younger in, in college. And one of the things that I, I almost did, I almost drowned. It was an accident then but luckily I survived. And I feel like something about that kind of feeling that panicked expression or feeling, I feel like he may have experienced before he passed. Interesting. And I feel like he might've had an issue with his knee. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but I feel like a knee issue. It mm-hmm. may have been out of the lake. I wonder if he has two kids? I'm just saying what I can look I'm, that up, though. I'm basically mm-hmm. talking out loud for a minute while on the air, which is kind of weird, but
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll put it all together. I'm not sure how entertaining that is to people just be babbling <laughs> on the air about <laughs> random things.
0: No, oh, I'm sure it is. Well, what he was doing was he was driving from Sacramento across state. He was driving on the I-5. He was driving from Sacramento to Seattle, to Washington, he was driving north on a five. He told her he wanted to stop off and see the mountains, and then she never heard from him again. And his car was found in in nature,
1: pretty much. Okay.
0: What's the, the question road. I would
1: ask you is if there was a if there was a lake nearby or some mm. type of body of water. I feel like that's where he might have. They never found his body either. No. I feel like he disappeared in a body of water, and I think it may have been a drowning accident. I think it was something that he might have. Wanted to go explore a little bit Mm -hmm. and lost his footing. I feel like he may have actually hit his head on a rock in the water. You know, when you slip and you slip backwards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that may be what I'm picking up about. But I do feel like it was it was water for sure. And I feel like he may have drowned. That's what I'm getting. Very clear in terms of his disappearance.
0: What I can do is I can. Research it a little bit more and find out like the pinpoint of where his car, you know, went missing or where it was found, and then look for bodies of water nearby. And then, like I said, I'd really like to do a follow-up show and let you know what I found based on what you picked up and see what I could piece together on the other information sure. that's out there. Because I literally just literally just pulled up these names right before we um, went on the air. Just people I hadn't really wasn't too familiar with, so I I thought it could be kind of fresh. And again. The page I was looking at has minimal information. So I'll go back and research sure. after the show sure. a lot of um, the information you've got and we can see what we get.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to say, I know you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier regarding our prior efforts, other missing people cases. And we're not going to say the individual that we're talking about right now. But one thing I'll say on the air is that we did have a situation last summer where you and I were involved in, gathering some information on our own amateur devices if you want to call it that and that we attempted Mm -hmm. to relay our information to the local law enforcement here in florida and i know that with pending investigations they don't really provide us with feedback the only thing i'll say is i hope in the future that that particular case that you and i know about would be something we could bring on the air as well i would want to be more sensitive about it because of the parties involved and the families and all those kind of things. So the loved ones who are left behind. I was going tell tell audience a little more about yourself. And I, I believe very strongly that you're an empath and that you're very intuitive yourself. Can you share a little bit in terms of the missing person topic, how you've been able to pick up things yourself and and what you describe with relation to that?
0: Yes. Well, there was a missing person that went missing from, you know, that new friends of friends that I knew. And I saw a good friend of mine post on MySpace many years ago. Hey, my friend's sister's missing. Like, do you, has anyone seen her? And it, it, it touched home when I saw her picture, I was like, man, that's so sad. That's so close to home. That's so crazy. That's so scary. And I couldn't believe, you know, that it was, that that was happening at that time. And so I didn't think about it again. I moved, I actually moved to California and everywhere I went in California, I would see her poster and it was so strange, like her missing poster and it'd be the most random places. Like I'd be on vacation in a really small town or, you know, I would see her picture in the Bahamas. I mean, all over the place. It was really like she was haunting me and I would look at her and it was like, I had so much feeling. I felt like she was like, saying, find me, find me. So, I was, you know, always intrigued by this woman's picture and then I hadn't seen it for a while and then I went to stay on my my family, a small island that I'm really, my family's been going to since I was little and there's not a lot of people that live there and it's very, very small like I said. So I go into one of the tiny cafes and I'm about to check out and sure enough there's her picture looking right at me. And it just hit me, and I just got chills, and I realized that, like, I felt like she was asking me to find her, to do some research, to, like, look into this. This isn't a coincidence that you keep feeling when you're looking at my picture. So I had I'd also had, like, dreams, strangely, about her. And so I was compelled to, like, look for her. I wanted to, to know about her and what happened to her. And that's actually when I reached out to you a few years ago. And I said, hey, do you have any information on this person? And you were able to pick up so much without me telling you anything. I literally just said a first name. And you had all the information correct of what I had already gathered and researched. And it really put me on this hunt. Like I need to help her. So when I would talk about her, I, got, I get this feeling through my body where I feel like I'm vibrating a little bit and my right ear would start, it's doing it right now, actually starting to pop. And I feel this, this shift, almost like when you're riding on an airplane, but just like the shift and it's only on my right side. I don't really understand what it means, but that would happen to me when I talk about her and I'd start, I'd really feel her presence around me. I, I don't know how to explain it, but that's how I would pick up on her. I would feel a shift and I would get a feeling in my ear, a noise and, that's pretty much how I knew I was connecting some way or somehow. And so that is one of my, you know, it's the most, the thing I'm the most, pa- you know, I, I'm passionate about all these cases, but this one specifically, just, it gets to me. It, it strikes me in my core. And sure. I want all the people out there that are missing, obviously to be found. But when this girl is found, you know, I hope she's alive. I, I, if, if it's her remains, I know that they, her family just needs closure and that's just one of the cases that I will be so happy when it is solved.
1: trying to think about that, even how many years ago she may have disappeared. And I feel you have probably a very strong connection to her based on the fact that you were able to feel those certain things associated with her disappearance.
0: Yes, I definitely feel connected. We you know, we're from the same town. I who knows if I if we have crossed paths before when we were kids or prior to that. Like I don't know, but there's something about her case that it gets to me and I, I I want to provide as much information to the family as possible, even though we haven't, you know, technically you know, talked to them.
1: You've never met her family, is that correct?
0: No, I haven't. I've actually seen her dad drives by once on you know a small island that I have my dad has a house on but I didn't say anything it was in traffic and I just when I saw him I was like shocked because it was actually the same week and I saw her picture and then I saw his car go by with her name and her face plastered all over it and I just got the chills yeah. again through my body what are the odds what are the odds that <laughs> I'm like back in the, my community that I grew up in and she? I feel like I've seen this person everywhere been calling to me and then I see her in this really tiny island and then I see her dad drive by with a van or it was like an SUV with her name on it and her face all over it. And I was just shocked.
1: Wow. Definitely yeah. very shocking. Hopefully that case itself will come to light and get resolved in the future at some point and put ease around a lot of the people who have been searching for her all this time. Yes,
0: definitely. And to give them some peace and closure there's nothing worse than not knowing. Like once Jalen was found, let's leave her name out there. Once she was found, the weight off my shoulders was lifted. I was so happy she was alive. She did go through a lot in the nine months she was missing. but
1: That's your relative you're referring to?
0: Yes. That, no, that's That was my stepdaughter that went missing.
1: Okay. That's, my apologies. That's okay.
0: So, you know, I know firsthand being on that side, there's... <laughs> There's nothing like that. Not knowing feeling is torture. It eats you alive. And I don't want anyone else to feel what
1: I felt. What I want to get into with you, Megan, before we have a few minutes, so about 15 minutes. I wanted to uh, bring up something that I think we've talked about before, but it's worth sharing during this initial episode. The issue of law enforcement and whether or not the use of psychics or intuitives could actually factor into an actual law enforcement investigation. Regarding missing people. Well, since
0: I've been following this for so long, I actually, there are, there are um, agencies that have used psychics in the past. There was an older series, I think in like the nineties and I'm not sure if it went into 2000s. that was called psychic investigators and it's documented cases one after the other of psychics assisting law enforcement and all the episodes I watched, they were all on point. Now that's, people will say, oh, that's that's TV, that's on TV, it's, you know, who knows if it's real or realistic? Well, it is. Those people are documented, and there's even one person who's even testified in court before as a psychic. In addition, recently I heard of the Orlando Police Department utilizing a psychic. It didn't pan out, which is unfortunate, but I do know that they did take the time and energy and task force, whatever, to research these and search these places that this person had predicted.
1: So definitely a an interesting area. Myself being an attorney and in an intuitive psychic medium, I feel like law enforcement should be more open minded if they can gather any credible information from psychic or intuitive. Now there are challenges with that because if they do actually receive some information that they then go and investigate, they always have to have probable cause, the link During the course of their investigation, how they derive from their methodology and procedures. I will say that there is an interesting thing that I found previously from 2000, August 7, 2000, you're talking about 18 years ago. The Department of Justice actually has a published memorandum where they discuss the use of psychics in law enforcement, and it was approved for release. And this isn't something you really think about because the topic itself, it's uh, one of those things, you know, I mean, the report itself was written back then and they, they basically ask questions such as can psychics actually aid investigators in cases regarding missing people and what should an investigator expect if he or she uses a psychic in a case. And um, that's just, it, it makes me very interested in this topic because when you think about how many missing people there are in a given time, 4,000 people disappear every day. It's an average, right? Statistic. Mm -hmm. I would think that law enforcement should be open to whatever information they can gather. If someone wants to volunteer that information to them, as long as it's viewed as an investigative tool and not exactly a technique, because they have their own methodologies and techniques that they utilize, then that's something that would be very valuable, I think. If it could lead to even any further clarification for someone in law enforcement conducting an investigation. What's your opinion
0: on that? Yeah, I completely, um, I think that would be amazing. I, I know, um, I think we've talked about what you're talking about before about the reference and yeah, I think that it's an amazing tool. It really is. I think that they should, you know, be open and they have in the past to all information out there. Anyone who's willing to help. I'm not sure. I know that the FBI has worked with psychics. They even had like a psychic training course or something. I I had read once something, do you remember something? I think I had sent it to you, but I think that we're getting more open as a society. I think with the internet, with people being able to share and things being able to be documented on the internet and then happen later and whatnot. I feel like people are becoming more open and realizing that this is a possibility, that this isn't fantasy, that this is a possibility that some people are, very in tune and can help in these types of cases and I do think that this will be a practice that in the future will be used more and more if it's not already behind the scenes I I believe that there is currently do I think that they go blasted everywhere and say these are our top 10 psychics probably not but I definitely think the CIA and the FBI have utilized everything they can think of I mean there's lots of documents of different task force they've put together since the forties and fifties that are very different ideals, you know, different ideas. There's all kinds of information out there where they've been open to try different things.
1: Definitely. I'm just looking at this memo further. It's, it's in front of me and I'm just looking at the information from it. And they're saying one of the things I like sharing this with you, cause it's good to, to bring to light this type of stuff. But they said that they look to see if the psychic candidate, someone who would be altruistic, that they're, you know, regarding their intentions, that they're not looking to receive, for example, payment for their services. And the last other, the other point about it that this particular Department of Justice memo talks about is since courts don't recognize psychic testimony itself, that law enforcement would have to reconstruct a case establishing procedures if they had to go to court on this kind of thing. For for example, if they were able to locate a missing person who's alive and then, be able to prosecute the person who's been accused based on tangible kidnapping. evidence. Yeah, kidnap, if they kidnapped somebody, then mm-hmm. you've got to actually recreate it so that the courts can utilize that information within acceptable measures. I will say this it's an interesting topic because if you're able to find the right type of candidate psychic people who can credibly pick up information that a law enforcement investigator wouldn't be able to derive otherwise. And it actually does lead to the eventual apprehension of a suspect. It definitely leaves open a great opportunity. I feel any way you can locate and find someone missing and help solve a case is a success, no matter what.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: You're right though. There's a lot of stuff that's been out there on this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a couple minutes left. I think uh, it's important to also discuss where the future could be with this. One of my future guests that I'm looking at having on the show, his name is uh, Kelly Schneider. He's the founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization called Find Me. They work out of Arizona. I'm very excited about this opportunity. And he falls right within the scope of our topic because he's a retired federal law enforcement officer with 25 years plus of experience. And when he retired, he just felt like he wanted to do something more than just play golf and do what an average retired person does. And in 2002, he founded the F- Find Me group, and now they have uh, over 120 psychics that volunteer with his services, and they utilize all these different methodologies. And he ta- it's basically the marrying of law enforcement, the use of psychics, investigative methodologies involved as well. And his organization's helped, what I re- recall, out of 300 cases since 2002, that they've located, out of 300, they've helped in some way locate or find or resolve 47% of those cases. So that's a pretty significant wow. and tangible success. And I'm very excited about having him at, on our show, and I'm, I'm going to probably have him on in the very near future. So our listeners can definitely – I would say anticipate having a, a very great discussion with Mr. Schneider directly on that topic.
0: That's as so great, and that's amazing numbers.
1: That's amazing statistics
0: Absolutely. that they're able to help. That's more than I. would. And it would be, be really good. great to work with him, you know, and you help for him sure. as well because you're an amazing, you're an amazing intuitive, and you know, I'm sure that you know you will probably want to be one of his main go-tos, you know, because I, for firsthand experience, know how incredibly gifted you are. And oh, I think you. that that's you incredible. You I think it's, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think that it's incredible that you two have linked up because imagine what you can do to help too, and together. And that's very exciting. Actually, that makes me like really excited.
1: <laughs> For me, so. the goal would be to increase awareness of his organization and maybe motivate other people out there to either donate to his organization because they literally self fund themselves, everything volunteer. I would want to raise awareness of his organization and shed light on this topic and then also raise awareness in general. Uh, If there's other people out there that are motivated that want to make a difference, I feel like he serves as a prime example of someone who is individually taking it upon themselves to make their retirement probably one of the best chapters of their lives. (laughs) Uh, I would say that that's a great model to live your life by. You know, you retire from one career You take your skill set from that part of your life and apply it in a way that you can really help in a very important capacity. And And still be
0: able to use your skill set, you know, and do what you love. And that's amazing that he was able to create that nonprofit um, organization to help as many people
1: as he has. One of the things he brought up, I had a, prior conversation with him in recent time, but uh, we were discussing about the show coming up and he said that he's actually even utilized artificial intelligence, the algorithms of such, to help with his data that he gathers through the use of psychics and other means to help be even more effective with their efforts. And that's just very impressive. Think about the future, artificial intelligence and technological advances and how that could play into these things.
0: And mentioning earlier about, you know, the technology we do have and the camera systems people are putting up now, you know, my, my house is Fort Knox. I have so many cameras and they're not expensive to have. So with all the cameras going up everywhere, being easily accessible, I really think that they're going to help out a lot. I really do think that, you know, people are going to be able to found more quickly based on where these cameras are picking up cars that are, driving out of areas or people walking or whatever it is that, you know, they're catching on video. I think the more and more that people are putting up these videos in their areas, the more and more, they're literally going to be able to trace these people right back to their house.
1: So. And you're right with tech, with technology and cell phones, there might be a, a means in the future where, you know, cell phones can help track kind of like the tile technology we have now with the little, the little pile devices that we put on our keys. We can cross locate right. somebody, I'm sorry, cross locate something that you Miss like your keys or your wallet, there might be a way to cross reference uh, a person who has their cell phone with them or you never know. It's just very open-ended to think about. We have about two minutes right. left to our show. No, I was just
0: saying, well, I appreciate you having me and thank you for having me on your show. I enjoyed being on your show very much.
1: I intend to have you on regularly. Uh, I, this topic is very important to both of us. And I think if we could do anything in our own way as two novice, amateur, interested people, that's how I view this. Um,
0: yes.
1: Yeah. You I, care. It's, it's we genuinely care. care. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things is you never know. Out of something like this, maybe more people will think about this topic and the use of intuitive information and in helping to aid and assist missing people, their families, law enforcement. I think as society understands this information, great, you know, more and more as there's a greater acceptance and less stigma associated with psychics or intuitives, possibly picking up some information, I think as we get better with it over time, our understanding will increase. And I think this might be more commonplace than we realize as of right now. Um, at this point, I know we're, we're down to under a minute. I just want to deeply thank you, Megan, for volunteering to come on the show today. And I look forward to uh, following up with you about the three different cases we spoke about today and hopefully charting our path forward in terms of our goals about trying to increase awareness as to this topic and anything we can do that would make this worthwhile. I'm open ears and definitely interested in exploring further. Yes, that sounds Uh,
0: great. I definitely look forward to the future episodes and I'll definitely get that information for you and have it for you next week.
1: Thank you, Megan. Have a great day. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you. You too. Bye, Jason. Thank you. Bye bye. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win, earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state, fuel restrictions apply.
1: Save big on your favourites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.
0: Hi, I'm Lissa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time.